Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Satan wants to keep his people bound. He is not on the defensive. It's amazing that the church could be on the defensive, isn't it? We're supposed to be on the offensive. We take it to the streets. Well, Satan's on the offensive. How do I know? It says he goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And as he does that, he loves it because he has them in his kingdom. The Bible says that Satan goes about on the earth seeking whom he may devour. This means he is on the offensive. In the meantime, the church is seemingly on the defensive. In today's message, Pastor Mark challenges us as Christians to be on the offensive in taking the gospel to those around us. Satan doesn't want to see people set free with the truth of the gospel. His desire is to keep them bound in sin. Jesus wants to set them free. In order to do this, the church must fulfill her mission. Are you on the offensive or defensive? Are you taking ground from the enemy? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew as he continues his message entitled, Why Church? Walls, No Walls. What is Jesus saying to his disciples? Not only is the founder and the builder and the whatever, but he is Christ preserves the church and provides ultimate victory for it. In other words, even though if, as we look at the church today in a whole, sometimes we're a little saddened and we see the compromise and we see stuff going on in the church that doesn't even match the Bible and we can get a little, a little well, we can actually get a little negative and a little critical. But to be careful because what Jesus says is the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So that means that the, the church of Christ, you and I, we're invincible. Oh, we'll lose a few skirmishes. That happens always. But in the end, his church will win. If you're in the church, you win. At best, when the rapture comes, he takes his church out of the world. We win. We don't go through the seven years of tribulation. We win. If you die before that, you win. You don't go to hell. You go immediately into the presence of God. So this is good news. This is the news that Jesus was trying to say. Because the disciples didn't know what the church was going to look like. They didn't know what the battle was going to look like. And here's what he says. Be realistic. When I leave, you take my place. You. And when you take my place, most of my ministry was not done in the synagogue. Most of my ministry was done in the streets. So you take it there. Now when you take it there, there's going to be lots of opposition. But you can relax, because in the end, you win. You win. 
So the church is not defensive. The church is offensive. Now, what does that look like in practical terms? In this world, there are two kingdoms only. It's not like a Chinese restaurant. You go to a Chinese restaurant and there's 47,000 things you can choose from. There's only two. Kingdom of God, kingdom of Satan. Only two. Everybody is in one of those two. A kingdom is simply where a king rules. So the kingdom of Satan is where Satan's the ruler. And what's his goal? Steal, kill, destroy. You say, well, if people knew that, they wouldn't stay in that kingdom. They don't know it because he's very deceptive. On Wednesday night, we talked about many of the the Babylonians got in trouble because they were drunkards. See, drinking isn't a sin, but getting drunk is a sin in the Bible, spoken directly to it. So he mentioned that. See, why is Satan deceptive? Because of this. You'll see this. Have a Michelob weekend. Man, it looks good. Good looking broads all over the place and big guys with muscle, whatever. At the end of that ad, you don't see the hospital where the drunk driver just ran into the bus and killed seven kids, do you? Well, you never, you don't see at the end of that ad with these guys having fun with it. You don't see the end of that, the papers from the divorce court, all the homes separated because the man now is alcoholic or the woman. You never see that. But is it true? Well, sure it's true. 50,000 people are killed on the road by drunk drivers every year. You see that? Michael, weekend. Be one of the 50,000 that kill people. No, you would never see why. Because he's deceptive. Well, what's the end result? The end result is, at death, if you're in the kingdom of Satan, you will be where Satan is. And where is Satan going to be? In hell slash the lake of fire. Now, the other kingdom is the kingdom of God. That's where God rules. What do we get from him? Well, in this life, you get full life, John 10.10, 10, abundant life, joy, still a problem, still in battle, but you have assurance that you're going to win. When you die, if you're in that kingdom and you die, where do you go? Well, I go where Jesus is. Where is Jesus? He's in heaven. So it's incredible. Now, here's the one thing you do want to copy. Everyone is initially born into the kingdom of Satan. You say, how can that be? I didn't choose that. No, it was chosen for us. Uh, Recently, we visited our little granddaughter for two days. And uh, she's growing up and she's swinging all these personalities, just wonderful. But as I looked at her, and I had her out in her thing one day, and I was doing a walk with her, and we're running and having a lot of fun. She had a little hat on, and man, we're just having a ball. You'd love seeing me. It was cool. (laughs) You know what I was doing for her? I was praying for her. Why was I praying for her? Because I know... She's in the kingdom of Satan. Now, God's grace covers it until she gets old enough to make a decision. But I want her to make a decision young to come and accept the Lord. How did she get in the kingdom of Satan? Well, she was born to my daughter. My daughter was born in the kingdom of Satan. How did that happen? Well, because she was born in the home with mom and dad. And my parents were. See, it goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. When they sinned, their gene pool was corrupted. Every man And every woman born starts in the kingdom of Satan. Now, if that's true, here's the kicker. How can I change kingdoms? That's the only question you really want to answer. You want to ask yourself, if I'm in that kingdom, how do I change kingdoms? That's the goal for the church. Bottom line, here's what it is. Jesus wants you and I on the streets. And what is the message? You can change kingdoms.
How do you do that? You have to be born again. You have to ask Jesus Christ, the king, to come in and rule you. You say, Satan doesn't rule me. Yes, he does. There's only two kingdoms. If you're not a Christian and Jesus doesn't rule you, then Satan rules you. Well, he never told me he did. No, stupid. Of course he didn't. Because he's a liar. He's known as the fathers of lies. And I don't mean stupid, stupid. It's just that, the, do you know what I just went through? The world, listen, the world does not understand this. They don't have a clue. No clue. And so that's why you can't just take it in this building because they don't get it. Nobody's told them. Remember in, in the book of Acts, it says, in the book of Romans, it says, how can they know this? Someone tells them. They don't know. So the goal of the church, the goal of Jesus is to take this to the streets so that when you and I are out there, we can announce the good news that people can change kingdom. Now, what's the goal of Satan? Well, to impede you and I from doing that. Make us weird, make us radical, make us obnoxious. So if we would even say that, people said, get out of my hair. You see, we're to be on the offensive Go into all the world. But we're not to be offensive. Did that make sense to you? You see, if you're like weird and in people's face, you're not representing Jesus. Jesus wasn't weird. He wasn't obnoxious. Did he tell it like it was? Yes. But he told it with love. Now, as you and I understand that, how does this work out? What tools do I have to share the gospel in the streets? To the people who need to hear that they can change kingdoms. Well, Jesus goes on. Look at verse 19. By the way, you want to write this down before we get there. What is the battle about? It's simply souls. See, if people don't change, if your husband, your wife, your children, your relatives, your uncle, your aunt, your neighbor, your co-student, wherever, if they don't change kingdoms, they spend eternity in hell. There's nothing worse. There's nothing worse. Because it's forever. So it's not about buildings, it's not about the name of a church, it's not about numbers of people, it's about one thing, the souls of men and women. Now verse 19 is an interesting verse. Jesus says this, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Keys represent power, authority, delegated authority. What Jesus is saying is keys open Doors. So Jesus says, I'm giving you the authority to open the doors of faith to people's lives. And you're going to do that with the message and also the ministry. You're going to help the poor. You're going to do all those things. And that's going to open doors for you. So how does that actually work? Look at Mark verse 15. And he told them, go. Notice, he didn't say, stay within the four walls of the church. Be comfortable. Be protective. No, he says what? Go, take it to the streets, go into all the world, and preach the good news to everyone, everywhere. Everyone, everywhere. Then as you do that with a key, you open their eyes, you go, hey, you're in this kingdom. You want to change? Who wouldn't want to change? Yeah, I want to change. How do I do it? Let me show you. I'm going to unlock the secrets of God's word to you. Now you have to choose. Notice, even after we do that, people have to choose. Here's what it says. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. They'll be born again. They'll be changed in the kingdom. But he who refuses to believe, in the original language, it really means this, remains condemned. 
You remain in the kingdom of Satan. So even after we give the opportunity, people have to take a choice. So what is he saying about these keys? Who has these keys? Well, initially, Peter has these keys. And then in Matthew 18, 18, Jesus repeats the same statement to all the 12 disciples. And then in Matthew 28, 18, and 20, he repeats it for all of us. He says, all authority has been given to me. Now I give it to you. You're the people on the streets. On the day of Pentecost, Peter had the keys. He preached. He opened the doors of faith to the Jews. A little while later to the Samaritans. A little while later to the Gentiles. Today, every person in this room... Every believer has the keys, the authority, the power from God to share the gospel and open the doors of salvation to our friends and our relatives and our neighbors and our classmates. We say to them, here's how you can change kingdoms. Here's how you can do life. I have the answer for you. It's all found right here. And then Jesus, well, he gives us a strange term that we're not very familiar with. They were familiar in those days. Look at verse 19 and 20. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. What does that mean? Listen, I think I can explain it to you. I have the authority to declare what it takes to be forgiven and what it takes not to be forgiven. I have the authority because what has been decided in heaven is what I have written in the word of God. So Christians don't determine what's right or wrong. The church doesn't determine what's right or wrong. God has already determined it in heaven. We simply recognize the truth of the Bible and God says, this is wrong, this isn't wrong. This can be forgiven That can't be forgiven. By the way, there's only one sin that can't be forgiven. It's called the unpardonable sin. And all that simply means is this. If you continue to refuse to change kingdoms, God will one day say to you, have it your way. And you will spend eternity separated from him. You say, well, what kind of a God is that? A God who has lots of patience, but one day will draw the line. So see, I don't determine that. I can't determine that. I'm a man. So Christians, simply, we just go to people. So what does binding and loosing mean here? It just has to do with the people responding or rejecting the message of the gospel. Let me share with you. I think I can make it very clear to you. When you and I present the gospel, there's two options. People can either say, I want to change kingdoms. I want to become a Christian. Or I don't want to be. That's the bottom line. So when a person, let's say I'm uh, having a, a time to be a, a share with a person and they're right here and I'm sharing with them. And I say to them, you know, John, if you will ask Christ to forgive you of your sins, you can change kingdoms. And John, I have to say this to you because the Bible says, if I'm in the kingdom of Satan, I'm bound. Make sure you understand that. I'm bound in sin. I'm in bondage to sin. You say, well, the Bible doesn't say that. John 8 says, anyone who sins is in bondage to sin. So if I'm in the kingdom of Satan, I'm not free to live my life. I must respond to the dictates of Satan. Do you get it? Bound. So if I say to this person, would you like to be a Christian? And they say, oh, I'd love to be a Christian. I'd like to change kingdoms. Here's what I say. On the authority of God's word, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in heart, I'm going to say to you, you are loosed. You are loosed from the kingdom of 
Satan, and free to enter the kingdom of God, and you'll spend eternity in heaven. So you say, man, you're pretty powerful. You're able to say that person's forgiven. No, I didn't say they were forgiven. They've already forgiven because what has already been determined to be forgiven was determined in heaven. Does it make sense? So man doesn't do this. God already told us what it takes to be forgiven. Confess with our mouth and believe in our heart. And then I have the privilege of saying to that person, uh, you're not bound anymore. You're not bound to sin and all kinds of stuff that's happening. It's very simple. Remember the woman caught in the act of adultery? She was brought in and the Jewish leaders brought her in and she was caught very right in the act of adultery. And the Jews wanted to stone her. Jesus said to the Jewish leaders, uh, if you don't have any sin, that fine, cast the first stone. Well, nobody cast stone. They walked away, obviously. Then Jesus said to the lady, uh, where's your condemner? She looked around. She said, there's nobody here to condemn me. What was Jesus saying to her? You recognize who I am now. You want to change that? You don't want that lifestyle of prostitution anymore, do you? No, I announce to you that you are no longer bound. You are free. And he says to her, what? Go and sin no more. She couldn't believe it. Well, that's what grace is. That's what grace is. So I do what Jesus does. And if you pray that prayer, I can say to you, not on my power, any of you can say that. You're no longer bound. You're free. Now, what if, I said there's always two responses. What if this individual in front of me, like the rich young ruler, rich young ruler came to Jesus and asked him, boom, 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 what should I do to be saved? And Jesus said, well, you have to run through all these things. And bottom line was this, you give up all your money because that's what's keeping you from coming to me. And it says the rich young ruler turned and walked away. Now, he was rich, but he turned and walked away. You know what Jesus was saying to him? On the authority of God's word, you remain bound in your sin. You're in bondage to your sin. And in fact, it says Jesus was sad. Why? Because he made the wrong choice. So if a person, if this morning we're here and, and you refuse to accept God's offer, and now I basically wouldn't say that to you, but once in a while I will, lovingly, with lots of heart, I say, do you realize what you just did? You've chosen to remain bound in sin. What is bound in heaven is bound on earth. Unless you change, you will never enter the kingdom of God. See, this is pretty serious stuff, isn't it? But it's really what it's about. It's not like, did you come to church three times or whatever? Did you put some money in the offer? It's not about that. It's about our souls. So this spiritual battle is fought inside the walls. Yes, it is. This spiritual battle is also fought in the hearts of men. And we are on the offensive. We take this message into the streets. And as we go, we know that Satan is going to be there. And he's going to begin to attack us. As we take it to the streets... Satan wants to keep his people bound. He is not on the defensive. It's amazing that the church could be on the defensive, isn't it? We're supposed to be on the offensive. We take it to the streets. Well, Satan's on the offensive. How do I know? It says he goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And as he does that, he loves it because he has them in his kingdom. Now, let me ask you a question. When Satan goes on the offensive, would he rather attack the church from, which is you, from the inside or the outside? But I want you to understand there's two ways he attacks the church. You'll see in a moment, it'll be very clear to you which way Satan prefers to go. 
So as we take it to the streets, he is going to attack from the inside, inside these walls. He's also going to attack from the outside, attacking the church from the outside. Now, let's review a minute, just quickly. Jesus said, I'm leaving. When I leave, you're the church. You take it to the streets. When I go to the streets, what can I expect? Well, there's going to be spiritual warfare. When there's spiritual warfare, he's going to attack me uh, from the outside, persecution, all kinds of stuff, and from the inside, all kinds of stuff. Now, that shouldn't surprise us because when Jesus took the ministry to the streets, notice what it says, John 15, 18, if the world hates you, keep in mind and hated me first. So if I take the place of Jesus, I'm going to expect some opposition. John 15, 20, remember the words I spoke to you, no servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. And the early church is just a beautiful picture of this. Immediately after the New Testament church on the day of Pentecost is formed, right after that, persecution, persecution, persecution. You get to Acts chapter 8, it says, on that day, great persecution broke out against the church and they were scattered everywhere. So spiritual warfare, taking it to the streets, is normative and unavoidable. Absolutely, we have to prepare for it. We don't get defensive, we don't get worried about it, we're going to overcome, it's going to be okay. Now... Back in 1991, Linda and I visited this church. We were celebrating our 25th anniversary, and we went all over to Japan and all kinds of places, and we just had a great time. We went to stop in Hong Kong, and we filled Bibles and, and hymnals in our backpacks and smuggled them into China. We know the church we were going to. We took, took, took this train. Now, they told us when we did this, the worst thing that can happen to you is they'll discover your books when you're going through security and they'll maybe detain you for hours and hours and hours. They won't hurt you, but they'll probably take the books away from you and just have to come back. So we had all our backpacks and loaded and we're going to China, never been to China before. Hong Kong was still part of themselves. They were separate. And we went in the train and we got there and we got off the train and we saw this huge line in security. And as I looked at the line, I said to my wife, look at they're stopping every person and opening their luggage. And I'm thinking, we're dead. I says, we got to pray. So we prayed, and we're nervous. We're scared. And out of the corner of my eye over here, I noticed a scanner where you can put your stuff and the person looks at it. Well, other people weren't doing that. We're doing it. The scanner's running, but there's nobody looking at the scanner. <laughs> so we just quietly step back, put our stuff on there, and walk right through, picked it off the scanner, and walk right out the door. <laughs> It's a, it's a miracle. It's absolutely a miracle. And next week I'll show you, I found my little video thing. We had to find, we had to go at night and find this house church, which was three stories. Pastor Lamb had been a minister there. He'd already been in prison more than 20 years for preaching the gospel. Church history shows us when there's persecution from the outside, the church always grows. The church is at war. She is at war from within and from without. But in today's message, Pastor Mark reminded us that Jesus Christ is the one who promises victory. There is a clear choice between the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God. It's the church's call to shout the news that Jesus Christ will protect and defend his church. Are you a part of Christ's kingdom? Are you a member of Jesus' body, the church? Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
there's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark shares the sobering truth about what state man is in apart from Christ. Every person is born into Satan's kingdom and must be born again if he or she wants to see God's kingdom. He'll share how Satan attacks the church from the inside and how we, as the church, can successfully impact our world for Christ. The stakes are high. Are you impacting your world for Christ? You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Here